This is a self-disruption extra brought to you by SEAC. What's going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Self-Disruption Podcast. This episode is part of our mini-series on reskilling and upskilling. Brought to you by SEAC and their Your Next You platform. I have links to all of that in the show notes. Be sure to check it out. Today, we're talking to Temco. She's a UX designer who reskilled her way into a design career after graduating from university with a pre-med background. We're going to explore her unique path into this career and uncover some of the secrets to her success while she was reskilling. So sit back, relax, and let's get right into it. Tam, thanks for taking the time to come over to the studio to talk to me. I really wanted to sit down with you and talk because you're a UX designer, but that's not where you started out being. You started Six Atomic to do UX, but that's not the career you even studied for in university. You were did psychology, right? Mm-hmm. So I did double major in university, and one was psychology, and the other one was human biology, which to translate into human terms, <laughs> that's um, pre-med. Okay. Yeah, so it's some... It's what you would study if you were to go into medicine in the PhD. Okay. But as you know, I'm not working that anymore. N- not even close. <laughs> no. Uh, actually, you might be surprised how much um, knowledge from that career transfer into UX, actually. Oh, great. We'll, we'll dive into that. Mm-hmm. And then I know between that and UX, you were a singer. You did musical theater, right? Yeah. How, how did you make... <laughs> how, did you, how did that happen? Okay, so... Long story short, um, so I was studying research psychology uh, and working in research psychology after I graduated for mm. about two years in Canada. And um, one winter, I came back to Thailand to visit mm. my family. And one of my friends told me that there's an audition for Dream Girls the Musical here in Thailand because okay. they were doing a, a production here. And I was like, Oh, this sounds cool. It's like one of my dreams jobs since I was little to be in a musical show, like mm. to perform in the theater. And I like singing as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So I went and somehow I got in. <laughs> and I was like, I have to stay for this now. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I decided to stay with the production company, which I ended up working for four productions afterwards okay but also because during the musical production um there's a long amount of time between performing that you are not really doing anything and not earning much Mm because you're practicing and it's not every day so it's maybe um two or three times a week Mm -hmm. and then there's a lot of gaps in between and i thought i should find a different job like to fill up some steady income yeah, uh, some income and also fill up the time as well. And um, I was, it's somewhat accidental as well. <laughs> that um, So a little bit more of a background is that I also like drawing. Okay. And I've been doing digital art since high school. And I've also done some freelancing as an illustrator, like character illustrator, mm. and as well as some book covers and CD covers since high school, mm-hmm. like on the side. And um, one day uh, in Thailand, after I already got the musical job, I went to uh, 
kind of like an anime convention here. Okay, yeah. And there was a booth of a game studio who was looking for a character designer. Mm. And I was like, hey, I actually do this. And I was showing them my portfolio on my phone. And they were like, do you want to start working with us on Monday? I'm like, are you serious? Wow, so just like from showing them your portfolio <laughs> yeah. Monday. And they were like, yeah, we're serious. Come in on Monday. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So I went in and I got that job. Wow. <laughs> which was um it started part-time and then became full-time and um yeah i started there as a character designer but then since they were a small company about 20 people i believe so it was a full team of um they were making their own mobile games uh from scratch mm -hmm. so like from the idea of what the game is going to be and deciding designing the level the characters and everything from how the, uh, I guess, user journey would progress throughout the game. Mm. Um, so I, since it was such a small team, I had a chance to really learn how everything worked from start to finish. And um, since I think it's one of the advantage of being in a small company that when you go in as a certain role, you kind of get to dabble into everything because mm. they don't really have enough people. So they always ask you for help, like, uh, do you also want to help us decide on how the story is going to be or help us write the script for um, this, what this character is going to say? As well as I got to dabble into the UI, GUI, mm -hmm. like game user interface of um, what the game control is going to be like, okay. which was actually a job of another graphic designer. But since we were sitting basically right next to each other, I got to see how she was working and... So you got get to really get hands-on on a lot of design aspects from mm -hmm. that job. Yeah, design, but not only design, like also programmers as mm. well, which was sitting on the opposite side of the table. And then I had to talk to them about how my assets, like the graphics are going to be delivered and mm. implemented into the code. So it's like uh, getting to learn how everything works and how everything links mm. to one another and impact one another. Um, yeah, so I had a good chance to understand that, okay, when I draw something or give some graphics, um, it's not just me alone in a bubble. It's like my job is related to the UI designer and the programmer and also the uh, story writer and the marketer who's going to promote the story and uh, everything impacts everything else. All that from just going to an anime convention and showing someone your portfolio. Yeah. yeah. And just looking to fill up time. So were you still doing music while you were doing this? Yes. So I was doing music for um, about three years, mm. actually. But the animation studio, hmm, I don't quite remember the timeline anymore, but it was around this a little bit shorter because in the end I decided to leave that company to start my own startup. Okay, and but that wasn't Six Atomic, right? No. That was uh, Juicy Peach or something yes, like that? Yes, it was Juicy, Juicy Peach. Peach. <laughs> Which um, it's a sex education app. Basically, it's if you think of um, Reddit or Quora, mm. which is some of the famous names, um, but specifically for sex education so that teens in conservative countries like um, 
even Thailand or mm. India, a lot of countries in Southeast Asia where they don't have a space or someone to talk to about this, they can ask these questions anonymously and also can connect to experts in the field. Mm. Right. So that was the app that I, I had an idea and I decided to create. And that's actually when I really had to learn UX. Okay. Because in, I, I suppose in the game studio, I wasn't even sure what UX was. I don't think I've heard of it yet. So let's let's define it for the listeners. What what is UX as you understand it as an expert in that field? Mm -hmm. So I think UX is like is an is an overarching experience of everything really. Because uh, maybe when when people talk about UX, they tend to think of okay, you do wireframes and maybe uh, some information architecture and uh, give that to the UI designer to make it nice and polished looking. Mm. But from what I've come to understand today, that's not just what UX is. Like UX involve everything from um, even the brand aspect as well. Like how the how the visual elements, like how the colors and the tone of voice that written on the website or on the app it's relating to the customers, like how the brand is, as well as um, the research aspect, like both researching who your customers are and what they really need and how can we give value to them and solve their problems, as well as researching um, what are you giving to them that's different or standing out from competitors in the same field or filling similar spaces. Um, a lot of moving parts there. Yeah, so I think I see UX as like the bigger circle that encompass a lot of mm. all these parts, like from yeah from the brand in the beginning to um, when people actually use your product on your website or on the app and that kind of interaction, as well as something that you might not think about in digital terms. For example, um, if you have to contact a customer service person through the app. How is that customer service person talking to your users? Mm. Like, are, you, are they um, polite? Are they acting nicely? And that's a part of the user's experience, right? Mm. So it's it's not just digital and it's not just wireframe or... It's everything, right? It's yeah. all pulled together. So yeah. you started Juicy Peach. Great name for a sex education <laughs> app, by the way. Thank you. And you decided... Well, through that process, you, you began to explore what UX was or, or what it should be, right? So what what were some of the other elements that brought you to the UX side through Juicy Peach? Because um, I jumped into Juicy Peach without knowing much of how to decide, design an mm. app and didn't know what UX was or, well, I kind of know what UI was. It's just the, the interface, right? But then after, I suppose, because I, I knew with research background that I should do some testing yeah. on it and get some people to use it, I realized from what I designed that users weren't doing things that I expect them to do. Because mm. I had an idea in my head before that, oh, okay, users are supposed to do this and this and this, one, two, three. Mm. But maybe when they were actually using it, they weren't doing that at all. And there were even some things that they created by themselves that I didn't expect. So then I realized that I had a preconception of how things are going to be, but that's 
not actually how my users want to experience this app or um, didn't have their problems addressed. So they have to find some other ways to use my app. And then I realized that, okay, I have to step back and actually understand the users first and really mm. research first before designing something and pushing it onto them mm. and force them to use it the way I want because that never works. Yeah, so from that experience, I, I realized that there's a lot more to UX that's unseen in the beginning. Like research part is very important to understand um, how you should design your app and also afterwards as well because research should never stop. And so that was sort of your gateway into UX. Mm-hmm. Is that that sort of experience and sort of that trial and error research phase with, yeah. with Juicy Peach. Is Juicy Peach still around? Not anymore. Not anymore, okay. <laughs> so it didn't work out? Yes, unfortunately ran into some technical issues mm. with the the back-end server shutting down and then me not having enough funding at the time to fix it. Happens, hey, that happens. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been there with my startups that, you know, some have done really well, some have, some have not, you know, and funding is always a, an issue, right? Mm-hmm. It's a learning experience though, right? It yeah, sort of definitely. started you on that that road. So what was sort of your next transition along that UX kind of learning path? So since I was doing Juicy Peach, I was pitching a lot mm. at startup competitions mm-hmm. and like just going a lot to events and meetups and that kind of thing. And I met my next, the person who was going to become my next boss, mm. <laughs> who recruited me at one of those events because he saw the app that I created mm-hmm. and he was like, oh, you're very good. Do you want to come work with us? Um, it's, should I say names? <laughs> sure, go ahead. Uh, is Jeremy the guy that runs EKK Web Meetup? Yep. Yeah, I learned a lot from him as well. But uh, his company is more focused on UX UI specifically. Because mm-hmm. previously I was with a game studio, right? Yeah. So I wasn't really focusing on that. And um, from uh, that experience, it was the first time I actually really work in. UX UI, mm. but also at the time because um, UX was also new to Jeremy himself. This was few years ago. I think now he's <laughs> he's very good, um, but it was more like a learning experience together. So mm. we would share um, which books that uh, would be a good read and also resources to actually learn about this UX thing. So a lot of that learning was you sort of going out, finding the resources, finding books, finding say, websites or tutorials to learn more about UX. Mm-hmm. Definitely a lot of resources online, mm. especially in this type of career. Yeah. Um, I think most most careers you actually can learn online these days with mm. very few exception, like medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't <laughs> learn to be a doctor <laughs> online. If, you, if you're listening to this now... <laughs> Being a, a physician is not one of the things we're advocating you <laughs> no. you upskill to unless you go to university. Yeah, definitely need a lot of practice. <laughs> also, don't design buildings if you if you didn't right, go to university. Right. Those are the two things I'm going to stick to. Anything else <laughs> I'm okay with. Yeah, anything you can do or deliver digitally, I think you it's pretty safe. Even even things like uh, it, some things that you do with your hands, you can definitely learn by watching tutorials and practicing mm-hmm. on your own, right? Medicine and, and building like buildings and bridges, 
Not on the list. Not on the yeah, list. Yeah, not something that concerns people's life and death. <laughs> exactly. Not yet, anyway. Maybe education technology will change in the future, but for now, please don't try that. <laughs> right, right. So this job, this was really your first real step in to to UI to UX specifically to UX as like a, a mm -hmm. focused area of practice, right? Yes. Although at the time I understood UX as being information architecture, wireframes, mm. and a few, uh, just a bit of user journey. All the things that you think it's not just now, right? Yes. <laughs> so so your, your understanding of the field, of the discipline, evolved as your skill set evolved as you, as you continue to learn new skills and learn more about the field. Mm -hmm. So you're working now at, with Jeremy. Right, and you're you're doing more UX. You're learning along with him along the way. Were there some projects or some some kind of milestone moments that solidified uh, your your path here into UX? Yeah, there was one primarily UX project that uh, was when I was with Jeremy. I got to work in, which was with Agoda. Mm. Actually, um, they were. At the time, Agoda had a very small design team, probably less than 10 people. Oh, wow. And they outsource um, other agencies to mm -hmm. explore um, some user journeys. And the project was given to Jeremy, and I was on that project. And I, that it was the first purely UX uh, project, mm -hmm. which I had to completely design a new experience and journey for the 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 map page mm. and hotel browsing on the map as well as filtering as well and um, I got to work directly with the design manager at Agoda mm. whom later on after I left Jeremy's company to actually wanting to continue Juicy Peach Okay. And so it wasn't dead yet. No. <laughs> it was just uh, it was on life support. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I wanted to fix it and I designed design version two, which had a much better user experience. Um, although I got snatched by Agoda first, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I I actually contacted um, Dinin, who's the design manager at mm. Agoda that I worked with previously to. Um, write an endorsement on LinkedIn for me. Okay. Because uh, we had a good work re working relationship back mm. then, and he was praising my results a lot. And he ended up recruiting me, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll go go there. Seems interesting. Can make some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then um, with Agoda, I suppose I, I got to dabble into user research for the first time because mm. they already had a user research team of two people <laughs> but it was growing um, when I was there there were about maybe 20 designers mm -hmm. and now probably close to 50 it was growing quickly mm. um, the design team um, but then since I got in when it was small, I kind of got to do a lot of things similarly to the small company, but in a bigger role. Mm. And it was interesting because Agoda, they, the, the work culture 
the company culture is that they really prioritize A-B testing. So every design element that's implemented has to be tested with real users. So they would just launch the, the test right after you finish designing and then see um, if it really works in the real world or not. So did you learn a lot about like sort of that A-B testing element from Agoda since they're so heavy on it? Yeah, so I've heard of it before, but I've never actually got to work in that kind of setting mm. uh, where everything is heavily tested. And then it's when I realized that um, that the user research that they were doing and this A-B testing is very similar to the scientific method and how psychology research uh, is conducted. And they adopted a lot of elements from psychology research as well that you start with a hypothesis of um, what you think is going to be better. Like you think, okay, maybe placing uh, a red but button here instead mm -hmm. of a black button would make more users click on this button to yeah. buy something. That's That could be your hypothesis. Then you design it and implement it and see right away like half of your user traffic would see the A version, which is the control, the O version. Yeah. And half of the users would see the B version, which is the new one that you want to test. And then you see after maybe a few days, because Agoda has a lot of traffic, right? Yeah. So you can get like 100,000 users testing your design very quickly yeah. and you see right away which one performs better and mm. if it's better then that one stays ah. yeah and then you try to iterate again or you, you work on something else you try to make improvements mm -hmm. so it's a very scientific very data driven yeah data different mm. driven and research heavy as well D so how long did you stay with the go to for about eight months okay not so long <laughs> no <laughs> so what what led to the end of your tenure at Agoda then? Mm. Back to Juicy Peach? No, I I got offered with a job that is, is a crazy story. <laughs> I'm here for the crazy <laughs> stories, Tam. I'm here for the crazy stories. So tell it, tell me about okay, it. Okay, let me ask you a question. Would you take a job offer that yes. you? <laughs> 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 right away? Sure, why not? Okay. I'll offer you one dollar to fix Juicy Peach. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Okay, I said yes. Yeah, so <laughs> really? Um, would you take a job offer where you basically know nothing about, like you don't know how to do it? Yeah, absolutely. I and mean, if it was exciting, yeah. right? I said, so if it was something I didn't know, but it was exciting, for sure. Yeah, that's what I did. <laughs> okay, so what what was the offer then? Now you have to tell us what the offer was. Um, so a friend of mine who's a professor at this university called Stenden, mm -hmm. and they were looking for someone to start a design, a brand strategy course, a brand design, brand mm -hmm. strategy course. And... Um, my friend was like, yeah, you're a designer. I think you can do it. Do you want to come and see if, like, have an interview and talk to the people there? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so I've always wanted to teach university, but I thought that you need a PhD or master's. Having taught university, I can tell oh. you it's a horrible experience. <laughs> 
yeah it, it was it was good it has its ups and downs but for sure um i don't regret it at all yeah although i think because most people who don't do design they don't know the difference between different kinds of designs mm. usually when <laughs> i got asked a lot that because uh, people think i'm a designer mm. they also think i can do um, graphic design yeah. or even interior design hey, and like it's completely <laughs> different <laughs> so since this friend who is a professor in different field he thought i'm a designer and he's like oh you can probably do brand design too but i knew nothing about <laughs> brand design <laughs> so how much so going into that though so accepting this crazy job offer you know nothing about but excites you how much did your UX experience play into that brand design job? Mm. At the time, I didn't realize how related it was. Okay. Um, so I, when I took the job, I knew that I had four months to prepare before the course start because mm -hmm. I'm also supposed to be the one designing the the syllabus yeah. and the assignments. Deliverables and, and all that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought okay i have four months it's enough time to take a few courses and really study what this is it's enough and time to learn it and then master it then yeah. teach it. <laughs> exactly i like the way you work there <laughs> so during agoda hours i was <laughs> taking some courses <laughs> um and i i read about 10 books and i interviewed um some friends and acquaintances who are already doing some brand design yeah. jobs and um i also got two clients oh nice um that were unpaid <laughs> but i i just i knew that i had to do a project myself to mm. be able to teach it so i just asked around people who need mm. some brand strategy design and um, found two two companies like small companies mm -hmm. who were looking for that and started working with them like to get experience learning you know, learning doing yeah right. and and from all that um, learning and researching i realized that this is also ux like mm. branding is also part of user experience mm. like the way um the colors are psychology psychologically impacting someone's perception of mm -hmm. something like it, it's an experience that you see especially mm. first impression wise uh, as well as um, the copywriting aspect of it which people don't really talk about when you do web design like mm. ux design or ui design you just try to be as clear as possible but when it comes to branding like you can talk with brand personality right mm. you can say for example you can say hi in so many d different ways you can say hi or you can say yo what's up mm. you can say hey you and they comes across come across as comes having across different different personality and different ways of relating to people yeah so if you're selling to like skaters for example you you don't want your ran website to say good evening sir <laughs> like that wouldn't really connect good with evening, them right? sir. how are you this afternoon yeah so that's another aspect of uh, branding that plays into user experience and mm. how users perceive 
your uh, overall experience? One of the things I find interesting about like all the little elements of your story, Tam, that you learned it and you were implementing it sort of at the same time. But practice played a big role in mm-hmm. your ability to sort of acquire these skills quickly and put them into practice. Yeah, so definitely. You were definitely doing it as you were learning it. Yeah, you you do have to do it. <laughs> I think because you can read about it as much as you want, mm. but then it doesn't really get into your head as much as when you start doing it and really see the problems in front of you and um, like solving it right there mm. and also getting critiques from like mentors or your real users. And yeah, mentors are very important too. Mm. Like finding someone to learn from and um, work shadow from, which yeah. I've had throughout all my experience that I didn't mention before. But like for example, uh, with um, when I was working with Jeremy, it was learning a lot from him. Mm-hmm. And at Agoda, um, with uh, my manager who was the product designer as well, like learning how he managed the whole implementation with not just the design but the the coding and the business side as well Mm. um and also with the user research like i i personally ask someone from the research team like hey can i go and sit in to this user research session because like i already finished my my deliverable on this day so Mm. can i go sit in on this day like you have to approach them and usually people are happy to to teach you and like um give you guidance resources and yeah support really but you just have to go and ask you have to get it from them yeah they're not going to give it for without you asking or without you showing initiative at least right Mm -hmm. so all of these sort of steps along the way of your your path led you to this course right and you said you took that you taught the course but i I, obviously we know that your story doesn't end there so what what came next Mm. after that i came to uh well it was in the middle of that (laughs) okay again (laughs) again in the middle yeah so i i started six atomic a few months after leaving Agoda and also mm. getting a teaching job mm-hmm. because the teaching job was part-time. So I, don't, I didn't go are. in every day. <laughs> right. So I had to um, do other things mm. <laughs> in between. And I decided to start uh, Six Atomic mm-hmm. as my own company uh, because I, I think the... Because like I, I wanted to shift more into a strategy role and Mm. consulting role where i would be involved with the clients or the the project since the beginning Mm -hmm. so i actually know um like the the goals of the business and uh get involved in the designing the user journey the user experience from the beginning Mm. as opposed to i suppose having the clients already decide what to do and then delegate the work to me which usually if you approach uh, if you present yourself as a freelancer Mm. that's what clients usually do like they already decide everything and then 
to say, okay, so here you just have to follow this, this, this without really knowing why or yeah. if your design is actually giving value to the company or um, helping them reach the goal that they want at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, with by, I suppose, having a company and like a a proper name like company name mm. attached to it i can position myself more as like a strategy consultancy mm -hmm. so take on that ux part but also some more of the decision making and help guide your clients better mm, yeah yes to be able to do like the in the indu industry it's known as the discovery mm. workshop to really explore the concept of what they want to do and also really become aligned with your clients on what the goals are and what the users needs as well very cool so now that's what you've been doing for a few years now i guess mm -hmm. and also in between that <laughs> <laughs> there's something else too <laughs> yeah so so after the teaching it's quite long <laughs> yeah, it's, it's okay time it's okay Right. So in between the teaching and also my own UX agency, I got to work with uh, DSIL and UNICEF mm. on a project. It's a sex education project because... Going I think back to Juicy Peach. Right. I don't quite remember who, but someone referred me to them because I did Juicy Peach. Mm. And they were doing a sex education reformation kind of project in Thailand with uh, Thai youth, high school and university students mm. to teach them to come up with new ways to solve sec sex education problems through design thinking. And um, they wanted me to be an advisor on that and also run the workshops with youths on okay. like teaching them to do design thinking and guiding them, guiding them to create their own prototypes mm. on the project. So that was cool. But yeah, that kind of relates to Juicy Peach and also me having a teaching experience from the university. Very cool. And I, so, I mean, that's f part of the project and it's sort of part of the journey, right? But it, it's interesting to see how you went from essentially pre-med mm. to a uh, singer in Dreamgirls, yeah. uh, performer, <laughs> performer in Dreamgirls to a game designer or part of a game design team which sort of opened the door for you for UX and then it was you pursuing and practicing and refining these skills developing a broader understanding of what UX is that sort of launched you into this this journey of Six Atomic being a consultant and getting the opportunity to work with UNICEF work with universities is really interesting mm -hmm. pathway so so what's next Mm. Maybe I should mention the latest one, yeah. <laughs> which was with a gamification consultancy called the Octalysis Group. Mm -hmm. um, they are a consultancy based in the U.S., but everyone works remotely mm -hmm. uh, in different countries. And also we d did projects all over the world as okay. well. And now I, I realize that there's more to UX even now, like that, it keeps expanding. The the role, the the skills keep growing. Right, because from gamification, gamification, 
Ah, stuttering. It's okay. <laughs> Gamification is basically uh, using game elements of what makes a game really engaging. Yeah. Because like people can be addicted to games and they can play for hours and hours, right? But when you go back to doing work in the office, usually people are not as engaged mm. or not as motivated. So it's applying the game psychology and the elements of game into boring context mm. like um, banking or sales um, and how to really motivate people TPS reports I don't know uh, what it that is <laughs> sorry it's a joke from an American movie called Office Space uh. Uh, great movie if you've never seen it uh, Mike Judd movie great great <laughs> film very funny so but so using that those psychology psychological tricks or tools from gaming and some of the elements to make things more engaging, more fun. Mm -hmm. And what I realized is that when I said that UX is even bigger now is that when you design a user experience, user journey, right? usually maybe, okay, you look at the brand and you look at um, how to make someone, how to make your product the easiest and the most efficient mm. for the user and the most intuitive. People keep using the word intuitive. But also what we as UX designers don't usually consider and what I've learned from this gamification is that what about motivation? Like, okay, maybe something is super easy to use, but then what would actually motivate them to start using it in the first place? Or what would motivate them to come back the second time mm. or come back 10 years from now after they've already become very familiar with your product? Like how would you prevent them from getting bored and leaving to try something else? So there's the motivation element that um, you, you have to look at the journey of more than just easy to use, intuitive to use, but really look at um, incentives and rewards like maybe some people was really motivated by money like discounts mm. or coupons or collecting that kind of thing and a different person might be really motivated by earning a status in a community like becoming a moderator mm. or something in a in a famous forum yeah. like there are different incentives and different ways to different motivate motivating factors yeah, yeah and how can you apply that into the whole experience that's not just for the users today but for your like the same users 10 years from now mm. like it's, it's a more long term and how can you integrate that it's a deeper psychological understanding and implementation yeah. Yeah. very interesting so that's what you're, you're working on part of that now or or that was only a short time and then you moved on to something else what uh right i have moved on to <laughs> something else surprise <laughs> surprise <laughs> Right, so I was with them for I believe about months as well. Yeah, <laughs> that seems to be the number. Yeah, <laughs> the number for me. Uh, but I, I definitely learned a lot and read a lot of books involving mm. like behavioral economics that made my UX strategy much much better than before. Mm. The learning doesn't stop, and no, there, there's more and more that. You thought you 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 thought like UX is one thing, but it keeps expanding and expanding. So, how much time do you generally commit to advancing, like re to improving your skills, to upskilling or learning new areas of UX? 
is it something you're just constantly doing? Do you like set aside time every week? How does it work for you? I would say I learn something daily because with design work, right? Mm. Especially UX, UI, there's certain parts that is purely active thinking mm -hmm. and there's the part that you're just doing. Like the thinking part, maybe you're actually um, solving user problems and designing the journey and like uh, working through different iterations of the wireframes. Mm. And then there's the doing part that's more like, okay, maybe you have sketches of wireframe on your notebook and now you have to put it into a digital software. And that part, you're not really doing much active thinking or problem solving. Mm. So usually during that time, I would be learning something like watching a educational video on the side. So that something like that I can do daily while I'm working. Mm -hmm. And I try to do like I push myself to do that a lot because usually maybe a few years ago, I would be watching series mm. on the side <laughs> instead of educational videos but i decide that okay my time's much better to game of thrones <laughs> is over yeah. now you can <laughs> i'm joking i'm joking it, it is over though <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm waiting for that that disney that disney streaming platform to launch so i can binge on all the marvel oh. <laughs> and star wars uh content <laughs> yeah, productivity be up. damned <laughs> <laughs> well i it sounds like you've had a really exciting journey you've really taken a lot of steps to improve your skill set to upskill to reskill in a lot of ways and you've continued that process it never stopped for you and i'm sure you're going to continue to do that going forward like you said you're, you're constantly watching educational videos reading doing yeah. i mean i think doing is is the big thing too you're you're not just reading and learning you're not just book smart you're able to i guess this doesn't really make sense in a digital context but get your hands dirty and and do it mm-hmm yeah, yeah. Or even like just make your own app or something from your own ideas. Like Juicy like, Peach. Yeah, even if you don't wanna become an an entrepreneur, yeah. maybe just just start doing something. Or even redesign app that you use regularly mm. and you already know like the problems within it. Yeah, th there's always something you can start mm. right now <laughs> already. It, it's interesting that Juicy Peach, you know followed you through your career even i mean it was something that that popped its head back up yeah, yeah. every now and then it was like hey you know take what you learn now and reapply it or take what you learned from this and this and mm -hmm. use it in another context so you know th those little projects that you take on i'm not saying juicy peach was a little project but if something you know those things can pop up again and again and have long-term impact yeah and i think that they're always way to apply your experiences from one thing to another yeah like you can if you really look at it from a different angle you can always see it like i'm definitely using a lot of um what i studied in psychology mm. right now in ux design and also designing motivations and all of that yeah, really yeah. diving into it so i mean it's it, it's definitely different than what you studied but it's not wholly unrelated mm -hmm. that's very cool yeah. Well, Tam, I want to thank you for taking the time to come and talk to me today. Share some of your your experiences and your journey with our listeners. It's much appreciated. Yes, thank you for having me. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Reskill Upskill mini series that's part of the Self Disruption Podcast. 
This mini-series is brought to you by SEAC, a leader in lifelong learning and their Your Next Hue platform. You can find all the links to check them out in the show notes of this episode.